Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3. I don't know whose water this is, but if I die, we'll see what happens. No, I'm okay, seriously. James chapter 3. Again, I so appreciate uh, being up here, and I thank uh, Pastor Lamb for inviting me. And it's always a joy to be in the San Jose, or San Jose Church, Las Vegas Church, James chapter 3. Uh, at one of the Miracle Crusades, uh, Pastor Mitchell was praying for a lady, <clears throat> and uh, she brought her, her little child up. Her child was like three years old. And... Um, Pastor Mitchell asked, what, what's, what's, wrong with your, what's wrong with your kid? And, and this woman says, uh, my baby has constant stomach problems and, and has a hard time breathing. And you could hear this little toddler wheezing as he's breathing in and out and holding his stomach because he's in pain. And they pray, nothing happens. They pray, nothing happens. He's asking, do you have any idols? Do you, do you have any uh, statues or religious symbols? No, no, I don't have any of that stuff. They're praying and praying and praying. Nothing is happening. This kid is still wheezing and holding his stomach. And Pastor Mitchell begins to pray. He said, God, what is this? And this thought came to Pastor Mitchell's mind. And he asked the lady privately. He turned off the microphone. He says, I'm just curious. When you were pregnant with your son, did you ever say that you didn't want to have this baby? This woman, her eyes got really big and began to well up with tears. She goes, Pastor Mitchell, she said, in fact, many times while I was pregnant, 
I said many times, I don't want this baby. I wish I never had this baby. And, and Pastor Mitchell, even after the baby was born, I said, I didn't, I didn't want to have this baby. Pastor Mitchell began to state to her, you have, by your word, a curse on this child. And we're going to reverse the curse. And we're going to believe God for a miracle. And they, uh, Pastor led her in a prayer, reversed the curse, and that baby was able to breathe normally. And it's pain in the stomach went away. Give God praise. And this is one of many instances of how the words that we speak can open up a curse in our life. Last night, we talked about uh, uh, opening doors to curses in our life and in our family. But words are the most common vehicle which open the doors of curses. And the resistance that you feel in your life, many times the struggle that you feel in your walk with God can be linked to the words that you have spoken and the curse that you've released on your life. And in the book of James, in our text, James is going to expound on the realm of words and the power that they do have over our life. And we need to open our ears, open our mind and our hearts to what God wants to say. And how many of you want to get set free tonight? How many of you all tired of what the devil's doing in our lives? A devil exposed, a devil defeated. And we're going to see what the Bible says. Read with me James chapter 3, starting at verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Move down to verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have made, been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Curse Words. I don't curse, Pastor. Oh, Christians curse a lot more than they know. And I want to look first at blessings and cursings. I'm going to touch on some of the things that we've touched on last night. And last night when we uh, looked in the word of God, we can define a blessing as a divine, supernatural favor and involvement of God on your life. And we talked about the life of Joseph. Here's this man. Everything is working against him. But he has the favor and blessing of God on his life. His brothers sell him into slavery. That doesn't hold him down. He ends up being raised up in Potiphar's house and becomes a, a leader in his household. He gets accused of rape and thrown in jail. Jail cannot stop the blessing and favor of God. You begin to see him rise in the ranks of prison. And then later on throughout his life, he becomes a second in command in Egypt. We look at Isaac. Check this out. Tell me if this is not the favor and blessing of God. He's in the middle of a desert. There's a famine. There ain't nothing going on. And he begins to plant Everything is set up for failure, but Genesis 26, 12 says, Then Isaac planted in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Now listen to this. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's pretty prosperous. Can you say amen? amen. And so blessing transcends everything around you. If you have the blessing and favor of God upon your life, Everything around you could be set up for failure, but, but if you're blessed, it'll transcend that. Blessing will turn failure around. But now we look at a curse. 
And a curse is defined as when the demonic has gained a foothold in your life and hinders God's blessing. This is a demonic force that is working against your life. A perfect example of this. Joshua and his men just defeat, or just uh, the, the walls of Jericho have collapsed. A powerful, powerful victory. I mean, nothing can stop these men. Not even the great walls of Jericho. Their very next battle, they go, they're going to go up against Ai. And this is an easy win. In fact, Joshua doesn't even send all his men. He said, this is, this is chump change. Just throw a few gang signs and we're done. <laughs> and beloved, the report changes. Everything is set up for success. But they lose the battle. They take off with their tail between their legs. And they lost men. And, and Joshua is freaking out. He's thinking, God, what in the world is going on? We should have blessing and favor. And sure enough, there was a man by the name of Achan. His actions opened the door for a curse upon that army. And not only was it, did the curse fall upon those people, but it fell upon Achan and he lost his family. You see, a curse transcends what is going on around you. The atmosphere could be perfect for success, but a curse turns it around. And this is when the invisible affects the material. These are things that we do, actions that we take in the physical realm will affect the spiritual realm in your life, the unseen realm in your life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And we learned last night that we can do different things that will open up a curse to our life. Idols, objects, and we talked about all that tonight, or last night. But I want to look secondly at the most common vehicle for curses, and that is the words that you and I speak. And I want you to listen closely and hold on to this, because a lot of Christians, they curse their lives and they don't even know it. Beloved, you and I hold the power of life and death with the words that we speak. Those are powerful words. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Here's another translation of that very scripture. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose which one you want. Here's another translation of the same scripture. Those who love to talk will experience the consequences for the tongue can kill or nourish life. Your words, beloved, have the power to set your life in a certain direction. And the words that you speak will set your life on course. Our text says this in verse 6. It says, words spoken can set the entire course of your life on fire. A pastor once told me, he says, Adam, your words are the steering wheel to your life. Whatever you say is going to steer where you're going to go. And, you know, I begin to think, man, I'm studying. I'm thinking, man, you know, they're just words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but, you know, words will never hurt me. And I begin to ask God, you know, how, how is it? that our words can have so much power. They're just words. I mean, we, we, we speak words so casually, we don't even think anything about it. I begin to ask God, God, what is it about the words that we speak? Why, Lord, do they have so much power? And I begin to study in God's word. And it's very clear in the scripture, beloved, when you speak, your words are supernatural and they carry spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll break it down to you. We know that God's power is his word. Right? That's his power. You read in the book of Genesis, I mean, you know, God wanted something, he just said it. He said, you, you read it over and over again in the book of Genesis. And God said, let there be light. Bow, there was light. And God said, let there be water. Bow, there was water. I mean, that's a pretty bad power. All God didn't have to do, abracadabra, oh, oh. And he didn't do that. He's just chilling. Water. 
bow. It happened. You like that? That was pretty. Bow. And built into our makeup is this same power. God has put some of that power in us. The Bible is very clear that God has made us in his image and likeness. And I want you to follow what I'm saying. I'm going to show you why, we have, why our words have so much power. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. And you know, God breathed life into us. And not only did he breathe life into you and I, but God also breathed his power. If you read further on in, the, in, the, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, if you study that, those two words, living being, and, and you can do this uh, on your own time, but translated from the Hebrew, literally you can translate it that God breathed life into us, and we became speaking spirits. That phrase, living being, can be translated from the Hebrew as speaking spirit. So what he's saying is that you and I are speaking spirits. You can read that, and man became a speaking spirit. In other words, we are spiritual beings, and what we speak has power. The words that we speak are not empty. They have a, sp a, a spirit and a power behind them. You know, uh, with Jesus in uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they're life. You know, Jesus, when he was in his flesh form, he... He cursed the fig tree with his words and it stopped making fruit. He told, he told the disciples, if you say to this mountain, be moved, it will be moved into the sea. You can see power in, in uh, the believer's words just by when we pray for the sick. You see someone with a crooked back and we put our hand, you know, we saw some of this uh, last night at the altar. We're praying for the sick. In the name of Jesus, I command their back to be healed. And the, and the body will obey the words that we speak. You see, because what we speak has power. When we pray for people who are deaf, I command the ear to open up and hear in the name of Jesus. And the words that we speak will cause that ear to open up. Are you following what I'm saying? We need to think about the words that we say. And you and I have the ability to release curses when we speak. We looked last night about Joshua after, he, after they destroyed the walls of Jericho, he pronounced a curse, and he says, Cursed is the man that tries to rebuild this city. His first son shall die at the laying of the foundation, and his second son shall die at the erect, erecting of the gates. 500 years later, we saw in the scriptures, a man by the name of Heo was rebuilding the city of Jericho, and those very things happened. His firstborn son died at the laying of the foundation. His secondborn son died when they erected the gates. You, look, you read the account of Noah. He's drunk. He pronounces a curse with his words upon his son. And when you study the history of that, you see what happens to his son and all of his descendants. When you read the story of Rebecca, when she talks her son into fooling her, his father, and you can see Jacob say, Dad, I don't, Mom, I don't know if I want to do this because what if Father curses me with his words? And you see, Rebecca, she puts a curse on her own life. She said, Son, let the curse fall on me. And then you read a few chapters later. She says, Let the curse fall on me again. She pronounces a double curse on her life. And you see the curse play out in Rebecca's life. And you know, a, a more tragic, far-reaching curse. We talked about this last night, and I was afraid to say, remember I was talking about how the Jews how they possibly could have cursed themselves. And this is linked to the Holocaust and all the things that are going on. But I, I, you know, I was very careful not to, you know, I didn't want to make the conclusion that that, that that connection was there. Well, I did some research 
And I found some things that were very, very scary. So in Matthew chapter 27, verse 24, this is the story of when they're gonna crucify Jesus. And Pontius Pilate, he says to everybody, he washes his hands. He says, I'm innocent of this man's blood. What do you want to do with this man? And the whole crowd, crucify him, crucify him. And then they make this powerful statement let his blood be upon us and our children. When you look at that word, children, in the Greek, what that, uh, it's translated in that context, what it means is succeeding generations. What it really said was, let that curse fall upon my children and my children's children and my children's children. And it went on for 20 generations. And it's connected with all the problems that the Jews have experienced in their history. Because I was, I was doing some research, and in 1989... Uh, Jewish leaders and messianic congregations held two meetings and they gathered together to pray that God were, would release them from the curse that was spoken in the New Testament. Even the Jews and the leaders, uh, uh, Jewish leaders recognized that the words that their ancestors spoke brought a curse upon their own life and they had a giant prayer meeting to ask God to remove that curse. Let me tell you something, beloved. Our words are very, very, very powerful. And you and I can say things that literally set a curse upon our lives. You can set a curse on yourself, on your family, on your spouse. You know, God might even be wanting to pour down a blessing in your life. And by your very words, you reverse the blessing. Verse 5 in our text, so also the tongue is a small thing. But what enormous damage it can do. A great forest can be set on fire by one tiny spark. And the reason why James points out that it's a tiny spark, because most of us, that's how we look at our words. It's no big thing. I'm just joking. I'm just messing around. I'm just joshing. I'm just playing. Come on, dude. Don't be serious. Chill out, man. And James is saying, no. That tiny little spark can cause a whole forest fire. Or in other words, your words are like fire. And how many of you have seen damage of fire? Fire can cause great damage. Fire can completely destroy things. And you know what? If fire doesn't destroy things, it, it will leave scars that will impair you for the rest of your life. And they're saying words are just like this. Remember, your words are spirit and power. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. He's trying to bring this thing home. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Listen to this. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. And we see this in the Bible. I want you to pay attention. Remember the story of the 10 spies that went into the land to spy it out? God has already given his blessing. He's already given his promise. He says, go in the land, do what you got to do. I'm going to make you win the battle, and you're going to have a land that flows with milk and honey. Blessing from the mouth of God. They come back. Joshua and Caleb give the good report. This is definitely a land that flows with milk and honey. God wasn't lying. Let's go. We can take this now. But you know what? Eight other spies, they began to speak curses. God is not going to save us. You read in the next chapter, they're arguing back and forth. Joshua and Caleb are trying to convince the people, don't listen to those words. Stop. God is going to give us the victory. And these other dudes, these unbelievers, we're going to die. We're grass. And finally, it gets to the point where they're about to stone Joshua and Caleb. And you know, God gets so mad. He comes down and he intervenes. And listen to what he says, because this still applies to you and I today. We speak things. We speak against the word of God. We don't claim the scriptures of God. And God says in Numbers chapter 14, 28, he says, I've had enough. He says, as I live, just as you have spoken in my hearing, let it be so. Did you hear that? 
Just as you have spoken, it's going to happen is what God is saying. And beloved, we release curses, reverse blessing, and stop the hand of God, and we don't even know it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. As you have spoken, let it be so. So, Pastor, how do we pronounce curses on our life? You know, some people make themselves crazy by the words that they speak. Some people, some Christians have a cursed mind because the words that they say. You ever heard this one? It's driving me crazy. And you know, kids will make you lose your mind. But you know, when you begin to speak the words, it's driving me crazy. Can I tell you, you'll be driven crazy. I'm going to lose my mind. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Y'all going to make me act a fool up in here, up in here. And you know what? You'll start acting just like DMX. <laughs> All crazy. And some of you are like, DMX? I've heard of BMX, but not DMX. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to lose it. Do you see what people are saying? You are speaking words. You are speaking curses upon you. You know why I think half the world's crazy today in America? Because they go to, a, this is my opinion, but they'll, they'll go to a doctor. They have, you know, they're having a little stress. They go to a doctor. The doctor examines him. The doctor, you know, you're bipolar. And you know what? The pro I'm bipolar. I claim it. I'm bipolar. Uh, you know what? You're clinically depressed. I'm clinically depressed. You know, you won't claim the word of God. God says that he'll give you a, a peace in your mind. No, no. I'm clinically depressed. You claim it. You speak it. Whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven whenever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven as you have said it let it be so come on somebody my child has a learning disability oh come on somebody we know we, we know at least the state of California all the kids are crazy according to California they're already trying to get you know I had, I had a, a guy in the church he looked at my son he's running around and bouncing off the walls he's only you know he's three years old he says is that demonic does your son have ADHD? I said, no, he's just a regular boy. But I've seen people with their words. They claim things, and it happens. I remember sitting at a table, you know. I'm half Korean, and, you know, all my, my mom and her Korean friends, you know, we're all sitting at the table. They're slurping, and they're speaking and spitting on each other. That's just part of the Korean custom. And I remember this little Korean boy named Michael, right? He's eating, and his mom, I don't know why she does this. You know what? You're so stupid. She looks at him. You're, you're such a dumb boy. He's so stupid. And you know what? I'm watching this boy, and I'm watching his countenance begin to change. He was only six years old. You're so stupid. And she's saying it over and over, yelling at him in front of everybody. And I begin to see this boy just crumble and just melt right there and begin to weep in his bowl. And she is just constantly saying these things. You know, I saw that boy seven years later, eight years later, he's 14 years old. Can I tell you, he's the same way. He never changed from that point. You talk to him to this day, he's still like this. A curse is pronounced upon his life. What about people who get sick all the time? You know, people curse their bodies. They don't even realize it. Christians just say it so nonchalantly. Every winter I get sick. Well, guess what's gonna happen next winter? You will get sick. It runs in the family, so I guess I'm next. Well, guess what? You're next. And you, I don't know why I always get sick. Because you claim it. 
I tried really hard to build a very strong case that words are spirits through the Bible. I've run into to women that want to have babies. I'll pray for them, and I'll hear them say, I'll never get pregnant. I will always be barren. And beloved, as they speak, it happens. When I got to the San Jose church, uh, this couple came up to me. It was the second week that I was there, and, and he, him and his wife came up, and he says, Pastor, my wife, we just found out she's pregnant. I said, oh, cool. He says, but it's only the first month. He says, she's already had eight miscarriages. Always around the third month, I said, don't say it. Because pastor, so many pastors have prayed, but it's always around the third month that I said, brother, watch your mouth, because we're going to see a miracle happen. But pastor, it's already been eight. I said, brother, why are you claiming curses? Why don't you claim the word of God? So I looked at him, I said, do you believe that God can heal your womb? And she began to cry. She said, yes, pastor, I can't take this anymore. I said, then don't promise me this, that you'll never say anything that's going to curse the prayer that we're going to release, the blessing that we're going to release. So we laid hands on our stomach, and I said, I want you to say this. I speak resurrection life into my womb. I cast out the spirit of death, and I reverse this curse. I will be fertile. I will be fruitful in Jesus' name. She's going to have a baby in a month. Give God praise. In fact, this is the most exciting baby shower the church has ever had. I mean, the whole church came. They were so excited because this woman's been going to church for 17 years and everybody has been through all the problems with them and they're so happy that she's going to have a baby. What about when there's breakdowns in the marriage and family alienation? You know, married couples curse their marriage all the time. You pray that God would work out your marriage. Oh, God, bless my marriage. You know what? I want a divorce. We might as well just quit. Beloved, all the praying and fasting in the world ain't going to help you. You pray one thing, but you say the other. And what you really believe is always manifested in your speech. You can act as spiritual as you want and quote all the scriptures that you want, but when the rubber meets the road, what comes out of your mouth is what's really in your heart. Isn't that what the Bible says? Oh, come on, somebody. I just know our marriage is not going to work out. What, what about families that have like kung fu theater in their house like every day? I mean, you might as well just play the song when you get home. Everyone was kung fu fighting. Oh, and you see the wife. I'm a husband. How do you good? And you know, they're just fighting. You know what I find out about a lot of these couples when I counsel them and talk with them? Oh, we always fight. That's just how we are. Well, you just pronounce a curse upon yourself. That's just how we are. We fight. Everyone was kung fu fight. By that time during the counseling, I just put on my headphones. There's all the prayer in the world. Pastor, would you pray for me? Why? You already told me how you want your family to be. You guys like to fight. Husbands and wife throwing gang signs at each other. What's up, Norteños? Husband and wife on opposite side of the bed. What's up, Holmes? What's up? What's up, blood? What's up? I just don't know why God is not blessing our marriage. I remember there's this couple that was constantly, I mean, it was horrible. They couldn't seem to get a breakthrough in their marriage. 
So I said, let's sit down, let's, let's counsel, let's talk. And I began to see the husband rise up. My wife is stupid. He began to just, I mean, speak words. And I saw this wife crumble and begin to shake before my very eyes. And you know what? It made sense because every time I watch the wife, she always comes to church like this. Curse. Very words that her own husband has spoken, right? The two become one flesh. He's speaking to his own flesh. But loving, we need to change our vocabulary. Can you say amen? I was sharing with Pastor Lamb. There's a lady. Oh, Pastor. I said, yes, sister. You need to pray for my husband. That's exactly how she says it. You need to pray for my husband. <laughs> now, listen to, this very, listen to this next statement she says. I said, what? She was, listen very closely. Listen to this contradiction. I'm praying that my, hus- I'm praying that my husband's going to get saved. But you know, he ain't never going to get saved. I'm praying that my husband gets saved, but he ain't never going to get saved. So I said, sister, stop saying that. So we prayed. You know what? Her husband came to church. I said, sister, look. Ah, he don't mean it. He just trying to put on a show. I preach. I pull the altar call. I said, sister, look at your husband. Oh, he's just faking it. He don't really mean it. He never got saved. I don't know why. I don't know why just can't figure it out (laughs) what about people that are always broke their money goes up in smoke it ain't no joke you know what I'm saying (laughs) you can't even put a McDonald's milkshake on layaway you know (laughs) your ATM is the cushions of the couch like (laughs) have you ever been there and you just can't feel our time. I give. But you know, you usually see people like this, they always curse their finances with their words. You know what? I can, I'll never make ends meet. You, you, let, let me give you a picture of how it works in the finances, right? Because God owns all the silver and the gold. Can you say amen? amen. He owns all the cattle. God is not sh- short of money. He, he can make it appear in fish's mouth. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he, the streets are paved with gold. He's got a lot of bling, you know what I'm saying? But here's what happens, right? You have a Christian that is tithing, right? They're in covenant with God. They're doing right. They give. They pray. They fast. Oh, Lord, you got to do a miracle. You got to pour out the finances, Lord God. Open up the windows of heaven like you said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Oh, I'm claiming the scriptures. Uh Uh-huh. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh, I'm feeling. I mean, you start to get all crazy with it. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pouring on, God. And you know what? God is like, I like that. Gabriel, mount up all the angels. All the angels put on their backpacks. <laughs> in cash. Go forth, blessing. <sighs> I mean, they're flying down to your house. Miracle money is coming your way. Do you believe in miracle money? I showed you. <sighs> I mean, man, you know, the angels are excited, man. And your blessing is coming, hallelujah. You release some things on the earth and God has released it into heaven. Come on, somebody. Oh, money is coming. You're a tither. You're in covenant with God. There's nothing wrong with that. 
The money's almost at your house. I mean, you know, Gabriel says, look, everybody, there's the house. We have one more mile to go. At the same time, Gabriel's coming down. You go to your mailbox. I'm in the money. Oh, my money. $750 bill or in bills. You know what? God will never move in my finances. I'll never get out of debt. Never. <laughs> the angels are almost at your house. All of a sudden, God gets on the radio. Gabriel, stop the delivery right now. <laughs> What's up, God? We're right over to our house. We're about to make a drop. You got to stop, man. She said she will never get out of debt. So as she says, according to numbers, we have to do it. Come back home. Oh, man. And you know what? You don't even know what happened. You still broke. Your money's up in smoke. And it certainly ain't no joke. Don't toke. That's bad. Church, are you feeling me? I can't afford the tithe. You never will. That's one thing I always hear from people that don't tithe. You never hear that from tithers. It's always people who can't. I can't afford the tithe. I never get blessed. You know, what about being accident prone? You know, that's a curse. You know, you like trip over everything and you fall and you hurt yourself on a regular basis. Can I say that's not normal? But you know what people do? Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm just so clumsy. You sure are. Because as you said it, it's going to happen. You know, in that movie, White Man Can't Jump came out, I did not claim that. I could grab the rim, baby. <laughs> Coming apart here. You know, my son Miles, there was a time when he was two years old. He got hurt five or six, seven times a day. Busted his head, cut himself open. I mean, it was like, it was nonstop. And I said, and you know, I remember someone said in the church, yeah, your kid is just accident. I said, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. And I got the revelation. I said, you know what? I'm not going to receive this. I laid hands on my two-year-old boy and I said, you demon spirit or whatever the heck you are of clumsiness, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. My son will not be accident prone. I plead the blood of Jesus upon his life. And you know what? He's cool now. He now he has just the normal bumps and bruises of a, of a kid, but he's not like he was before. Because I'm not, you know, you know what? I'm so careful with my words and you might think I'm crazy for saying this, but you know, like when my kid is doing something stupid, you know how kids do dumb things? Like, I won't say, you're going to hurt yourself if you do that. Seriously, because parents say that all the time. You might think I'm crazy, but I'll say, Cole, you better stop. You might hurt yourself. I mean, you know, because it's a little spark. I take my words very seriously. You know what? This is what, what I think is one of the major causes of churches that never grow. I'll just hit on this. I've run into a lot of bad spies in the short time I've been pastoring. I mean, when I moved into Federal Way, I'm believing God for revival. I mean, I haven't even got in my truck yet. I mean, I'm at Prescott. The, the truck is right there. We're about to get in. I get a phone call from one of the brothers. Hey, 
Dad, I'm really excited that you're going to Federal Way. Hey, man, I'm excited too, man. You heard about Federal Way, Washington, right? Nah, what, man? The killing fields. What do you mean the killing fields? Every pastor that goes here dies. I said, brother, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Shut up in Jesus' name. I hung up on him. Oh, it didn't stop there. I drive up. You know, the pastors want to meet the new pastor, so, you know, they come over. I'm sitting around the table with them. I'm excited about revival. I mean, there's not much happening in the church, but I'm excited. God's going to do something great. We're sitting around having coffee. You heard about Washington, right? That's where Bruce Lee died. <laughs> it's the home of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. No. And they always get this serious look on their face, you know. No, brother. That's the wicked capital of the world. You mean like witches? Yes. You know that real popular movie, Twilight? They filmed it in the state of Washington. Ooh. I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. And you know, we had revival. Because I'm not going to listen to the devil's crap. You know, I'm not going to listen to the evil report. I believe what this word says. Even though everything looks like it's turning into crap, I'm going to believe this word. Can you say amen? Because God's word is yes and amen, and he does what he says. Can you say amen? And we need to stop cursing our lives. We are called to be the head and not the tail. We are more than conquerors. We need to start believing this and stop listening to the devil. You know, words are so powerful. Words are so powerful that even words that are written have a spirit. Did you know that? That's how powerful words are. You don't have to say it. You can just write it. Very interesting verse of scriptures in number chapter 5, verse 11 through 31. There, there was an ordinance that was used to tell if a woman was committing adultery on her husband or not. Now, this story freaked me out. So what they would do to test if this woman was involved in adultery, they would write a curse on a piece of paper. They would take this paper when the ink dries and they would scrape off the ink and the ink and the dust that would fall off the paper would fall on the floor of the tabernacle. They would sweep up that dust. They would put it in water. This is in the Bible. They would stir it up and they would tell the woman to drink it. Now, if she committed adultery, if she was guilty, the Bible says her belly would swell, her thigh would begin to rot, and then she'd become a curse. And I was reading this, and a truth can be learned that even words written can open the door to a curse. That's why you, you shouldn't read every email that's sent to you. That's why you shouldn't be on the internet re reading rebellious slander. No matter how curious you are. Because you're going to open yourself up to a curse. That's why you shouldn't, if you're, especially if you're married, you shouldn't be hanging on to old love letters from your past lovers. Oh, come on, somebody. I was very surprised to find out how many people of God had passed letters from their old flings. Can you say amen? amen. You know, I was even uh, uh, watching a film by G. Craig Lewis, and he was talking about uh, that, that, that rap group, member Bone Thugs and Harmony? One of the albums, if you turn on the back of the CD, there was a whole bunch of words written backwards. So you know what over two million kids did? Teenagers and adults, they would go to a mirror and they would, they would hold, hold up the CD and they would read the words in the mirror. Did you know that's how witches would put a curse on people? 
they would write a curse backwards, and when people would open it up over candlelight, they would, they would read it through a mirror, and a curse would be pronounced on them. Let me tell you, words spoken not only have spirit, but same thing with words written. You shouldn't read everything that's in front of your face. I want to close with this, and that is closing the door to curses. Because we've all been guilty of speaking curses upon our lives. Come on, we might as well just say amen. We've all done it. So what we need to do is repent of speaking negative words over our life and other people. Then we need to revoke or take back the curse that was spoken by you or to you or on you. And then we need to replace curse words, come on somebody, with words of blessing. Come on, are we not the people of God? Then why are we always speaking the devil's words? We need to be speaking this. Can you say amen? We need to believe what this word says and claim this word because this is truth and this is power. Replace the curse words with words of blessing. Then we're all going to pray. Let's begin to be a people that speak blessing on our marriage. Stop using the D word. Divorce. Speak blessing over your finances, over your children, over your home, over your body, over your church, over your pastor. You know, Pastor Lamb, you always got people like that. I feel bad for you. Speak blessing and blessing will come. Can you say amen? amen? God has called us to be victorious people. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.